Welcome to Chai with Sam Dosa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are listening to my podcast, Chai with Sam Dosa, I am so thankful to you. My podcast has been in inception since June 2020, and I have a privilege to invite some amazing guests all around the world. My podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. So check it out and let us know what you think. I really appreciate your feedback. So for today, we have Jessica all the way from Australia. She's going to be sharing some amazing insight. So without me waiting for her to just start and share her wisdom and knowledge with us. So let's welcome her to our podcast, Chai with Sam Dosa. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks, Sam. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is all mine. So tell us who Jessica is. Jessica is a uh, very determined, uh, passionate woman (laughs) who... um, who has forever wanted to work in the field of children and and families and particularly working with the parent-child relationship um, and uncovering and discovering the importance of this relationship on our futures, right? What it means for us to when we're adults um, because this has been my journey personally is needing to discover what my what what the impact was um, of my childhood and my relationships to my parents, the impact of that on me. And there was many impacts. So, you know, through my personal discovery of those impacts, I now get to go through that journey with um, with other parents um, that I that I get to work with. And I I do that, you know, through through various frameworks. Um, I, I started out as a social worker. You know, this was probably the only avenue I knew of, you know, at the age of 14, 15, that that meant me working with families. Uh, so I did. Um, and I guess a long story short is that within this time period, uh, there was just a lot of restrictions and limitations in this type of system for, for humans, but particularly children. Um, I worked within trauma so I worked within foster care and child protection for a few years and um, the decisions that were being made and I guess the impacts of the types of interventions and therapies that they were being given, I just didn't see that they were helpful um, and we were missing the body, okay? So I guess my discovery for myself in dealing with anxiety and panic attacks is how important the body is. Um, and if we ignore it, we really miss a big opportunity to to have more peace in our lives and be able to conquer whatever life throws at us. So that's what I wanted to bring to to the children that I wanted to work with. So I started my first company, Kids Yoga Therapy, and I worked one-on-one with children with any any diagnosis, um, any trauma that has happened to them. And that's what I did for another couple of years and it was wonderful. Uh, But I did realize the importance of working with parents um, and how their relationship to that child is really the most critical thing. We can throw therapies at children, we can get them involved in many different things, but 
if we want to make the biggest difference, it's the parent-child relationship. Um, so now I work with parents leveraging epigenetics and, um, you know, uh, within my coaching practice, neuro-linguistic programming is, is another modality. Then I've got many others, but I mainly leverage epigenetics and what that gives us to understand behaviours um, and, and the brain and psychology and everything about children and their parents. So we're really working towards a framework of understanding rather than judging in, um, in my vision cool. of this world. Amazing. So would you say this is also your purpose now? It's 100% my purpose. I would say my purpose is, oh, my purpose is to ensure that every child feels like they were accepted for who they were and who they weren't as a child and even older. And that means outside of all of the systems that we hold over their heads, you know, all of the rules, all of the regulations, all of the expectations, what makes a good child, what makes a good human, what makes a successful child and what's wrong or what do the books say and all of these things because children know you know, when I was working one-on-one -on -one with children, I would often get them expressing to me how, you know, how they think they're a bad child and they're naughty and nobody likes me and my parents think I'm terrible and I've got anxiety, so I'm never going to be able to do this, this and this. So that they, they're taking on everything that we place on them and this then becomes their internal dialogue. So it's definitely my mission um, and my vision to see the freedom of self-expression for children. Amazing, amazing. I think uh, this is quite an important area to bring it to the surface because I think there are a lot of hidden uh, hidden things happening within our children. And this is all conditioning. If I can say that we are all being conditioned since our childhood mm -hmm. because we are not being born with the label that, okay, I'm born with ADHD or uh, uh, other, other area. Yeah, there are certain things which can be found in the fetus that the child might be a Down syndrome or a couple of other things which can be prepared the people to acknowledge this is what's going to happen. So, but mm -hmm. with other area which children have been uh, labeled with that he is dyslexia or he got ADHD or um, any other form of uh, diagnosis. And again, parents are not ready. Parents are not capable of certain things, which is which is the norm as well because Parents think, I'm, I'm a father of three beautiful girls, and touch wood, all of them are healthy. Yeah, my, my one of the twins uh, is very severely uh, diagnosed with asthma. And we used to run to the hospital because of uh, attacks she used to receive with the nebulizer. We need to put on the nebulizer. But other than that, touch wood, she's fine, she's healthy. And I can completely aligned with other parents. As a parent, I align with other parents and how they feel about it. But there is always an avenue to have a dialogue with people who understand. And there is a lot of education needed. Even though you go to a doctor, doctor will have 20 minute or 10 minute slot for you. And then he will refer you to other specialists. Other specialists might have certain time or degree or not. But then again, how far are you going to take this? And you are right, there is needs a dialogue between uh, parents so they can actually look after their children. And, and there is a large number of children are becoming anxious and depressed and a lot of mm -hmm. things is happening. And you 
what you are doing, I think, is a very pivotal at this present moment because we all are coming out from pandemic and a lot of children are suffering. They are having boredom because they are getting so much bored right now that they do not know what exactly they want to do. And teenagers are becoming so anxious and I think this is a very important area. So would you talk about uh, epigenetics for me, please? What epigenetic is? Why do you think that the way the modalities you are working with NLP and epigenetics are are actually helping parents and children in in some some cases? If you can share with us, please. Yeah. So um, epigenetics. You know, for those of you who haven't heard of that term before, maybe. So, um, you know, as a human. Um, we have our genes, right? We have our genetic makeup and this accounts for about five, five to 10% if we're lucky of who we are. And then 90 to 95% is our epigenetics. And this is, uh, this is based on our biology, okay? Which means the hormones that are in our body. It means how these hormones interact with our strongest and weakest organs. And then how this interacts with our environment and our lifestyle. Um, and what, where we spend the most time. Okay, so this is all of those interactions. And what this gives us, uh, once we understand, you know, once I do the testing with my clients, so parents and their children, once we test the children, we understand what is the dominant, the one dominant hormone in their body. And what this gives us is a really clear and really great understanding of how that has impacted their brain development. What I mean by this is how they see the world, how they process information and what their learning style is, what their communication style is, um, what is a reward for them? What are they driven by? What are their natural strengths? How does their body need to be used in order to calm the mind, in order to balance the nervous system? What is the number one priority for that body based on that biology? So once we understand this, we then have our six lifestyle priorities um, and they're different for each of these six health types um, you know for, for example one health type movement is the number one priority whereas another health type that's the last priority that they need to worry about so this obsession with all exercise all of the time is to get us back into balance is maybe not the most important thing for certain people and then we get to understand well, those children that are constantly getting in trouble at school, well, maybe they've got this hormone in their body called adrenaline that's the dominant one. And this is keeping them so active and their bodies in absolute activation mode constantly. So now we, now we know and now we can develop a, a solution to having them get their needs met without having to forego the learning. So it just provides so much more understanding. And what I'm finding at the moment is that parents are often opposite to their children, which is the fascinating thing. So whereas some parents, they need, they talk quite logically and maybe their children need the quite emotional touch and they need the hug and, it's un, and then it's opposite, right? Children need logical and the parents just want to give them a hug to ease their anxiety. So it's very different based on whatever our epigenetics is so whatever our body is telling our brain, okay, this feels good to me or this doesn't feel good to me. So it's all very different. And this take, removes a lot of the frustration and misunderstanding from parents 
too, because they're receiving opinions and information from many different areas um, based on people wanting to generalize what, rather than individualize. So how, how this is uh, impacting at this moment, the society, how far have you reached your uh, vision to be acknowledged within the society in terms of schools or parents, how they are taking this all? Yeah, so I work privately. Um, my company works privately with parents. I don't work, I don't partnership with schools. Mm -hmm. um, there's a different arm that does that. I, I prefer to work one-on-one -on -one, um, so within groups with parents. And, you know, at the moment I'm targeting and focusing parents that do have children with diagnoses um, and trauma because then I get to offer them a different way of looking at their child, a different lens rather than the autistic lens, rather than the ADHD lens. And, you know, I honestly, I don't even, I'm not bothered if those labels are true and accurate, exist, don't exist. I, I don't really care. What I care about is knowing that with humans and how our brain operates the lens that you choose to view someone through will be the only lens that you ever see and they will show up through that lens for the rest of their days so let's find a new lens let's let's help and support our own brains and theirs to find out something new about themselves let's see something new in them um, because we need it to be based on empowerment and strengths, not limitations, which I see some of these other labels doing. Yeah, it's, it's, I think <clears throat> it's affecting uh, the society. It's affecting the teenagers because uh, a lot of people does not understand. Uh, one of my uh, a friend who is also a videographer, he's, a, he's a autistic, highly sensitive with the... Uh, um, music and noise and all sorts of things. He can't bear those things. But other than that, he's an exceptional uh, videographer, photographer. Only downside for him, he can't work, is that he's not been given a proper environment. Mm -hmm. He's not given a proper environment. And he's been labeled because he come across as very, uh, because he does not see the, the different lenses. He only see this is how I want to see things. So he come across as very um, rigid or he come across as very strong in different areas and we where people will not understand him clearly and they completely shut him down in terms of, no, we don't need your services or you are not capable of doing this. So he felt that uh, he's not integrated, he can't be integrated in society. And it is affecting his mental health. You can imagine, and because he does not have any any girlfriend as well, he's he's a twenty six years old man right now. He's in peak youth where he's looking to settle down. But because the label has been put on him, he can't deal with it. The way he come across, people first of all not understand him. My interaction with him was quite uh, in way. I invited him to be my speaker at uh, my event in in the in Birmingham, UK, and he came across and he was talking in a way where I felt there is something which is different from the normal people, and I just said, okay, why don't I just give him an opportunity? Let's begin some doors for this this gentleman, and I opened the doors for him, and 
he became our videographer for the event after that. And um, they started to learn about him. And very, very, uh, what I call it, he's not secretive, but he wants to have a trust before he opens up. All right. And it, it's, it's a two-way process. It does not work in a one-way process. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people look at the lenses in a completely different way. Everybody's looking at, he's very methodical. He's very analytical. He understands the nitty-gritty of things very quickly, like uh, video video softwares. He can do a video composing in five minutes because he knows the techniques. If I sit on the software, it might take me an hour just to understand exactly how everything works. But for him, it's five minutes to ten minutes, and he will finish the job. And that's that's the skill. But again, absolutely, he, he require a, a proper step by step things, and we. Mm-hmm. We call ourselves a normal being without any labels that we can deliver things very quickly. It doesn't work like mm. that. Everybody has no. strengths and learning development. There is no weaknesses yeah. in there. Nobody has weakness. No. We have actually, again, labels. A lot of conditioning has been done for us from the childhood. Oh, your, your child is weak in maths. Or oh, your child is weak in this area. So you're already giving a label from the childhood and saying he's weak. And your parents will think, oh, yeah, he's weak. We'll give him extra education or extra tuitions so he can boost himself. Mm. My daughters, when they said that we, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to do concentrate on this particular subject, I'll say, okay, let's see how we can boost it for you. Mm. Using different languages, the way you say things makes a mm. difference. If I will say to you, uh, if we are sitting in an office environment and we are working together and I can, I say to you, can you, can you do this for me, please? And you turn around and says, no. Correct? Well, in one way you say, no, if I'm not, I'm, we are same colleagues and we are just saying, I said to you in the way. But if I would have said to you, Jessica, would you be able to see whether you can do this? And the would or can be different language. And the way you said it, it, the person will say, yeah, he's asking me very politely. Let me check whether I will be able to serve him or not. Mm-hmm. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. But because our language has been also tinted by a lot of things, the society, the conditioning and everything, we do not use the right language. And that's why in relationship, a lot of problems occur because we use a different language. And that's why the triggers happens. And then again, Children with special uh, needs also looking for the right language, as you mentioned earlier, that how you communicate, how you understand. As you said, instead of using your logic mind, the person might only need a, need a hug or, or, or a person might just need a discussion instead of a hug. So it's knowing yourself and knowing that. So I think the job, the, the work you're doing is amazingly great. Uh, in would you share was there anything any any particular age or any particular uh, case which you have worked on and has been a great success Mm -hmm. so i would say at the moment in my current in my current program i'll use just an example from from this one um and they're all getting different results in different areas 
So sometimes in my programs, it's interesting, they come in wanting to understand their children and what they actually get is a better understanding of themselves and this far outweighs what they needed to understand about their children and the success and the change of household is just dramatic. Um, so I have, I have one um, particular mum that comes to mind and she signed up with me because she wanted to understand her son more uh, because the teachers at school have been emailing a lot saying that he doesn't focus, he's very disruptive, um, there's all types of behaviours from him and she was finding that at home too. He wasn't following instructions, he was, um, for lack of, a, and I don't like using this word at all, it, that he was being defiant for lack of a better term, um, so there was just, there was just something not working. Okay. Something not working now, of course, in her mind for this particular mum, she didn't want to go down the medical route. Okay. She wanted to find out what was going on for him, not try and make him wrong for something. So she started with me, we did their testing and what we got to find out was yes, they're opposite epigenetic health types. Um, what mum got to understand was the core hormone in this little boy's body is oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is the is the connection hormone and you get it when you receive affection and touch and love from the people that you love the most. Um, you also need to connect with other people, friends, a lot. You need to talk a lot. You need to be, you're quite visual. So you need things to be colourful around you and playful around you, not stagnant and boring. Um, so she made the most simple changes, okay? And the changes were that before bedtime, it was mum and son connection time. So they would read books. She would give him cuddles. And there was more, there was more one-on-one -on -one time because mum just had a new baby. Okay. So her, her attention was somewhere else. She's still breastfeeding. So um, that's what she was seeing an impact of that. So she started to prioritize. And only today she sent me a picture of some painting that they'd done. She needed to bring in more fun into the home. And sure enough, I, I, two weeks only it took two weeks and at school a completely changed boy completely different able to focus a whole lot more able to focus uh, he's not um he's not chatting to loads of people in the classroom which he will still want to do because he's a little connector right um but he's not doing that as much so the behaviors is fine he's able to focus and at home he's actually He's getting himself dressed for school in the mornings. He's not finding it difficult. He's going with the flow. He is actually wanting to help with his new little brother instead of trying to, you know, resist his little brother. He's actually wanting to get involved. So, and the meltdowns have decreased. All of the emotional escalations completely decreased. Um, and that's just from knowing his biology and what he needs. And as simple as knowing that that one-on-one -on -one time of touch and love is important to him. Um, and that's what he was seeking at school, right? If you don't get it at home, you're going to try get it somewhere else. Yes. So um, that's just one example. And that's how simple it is. This is not meant to be complex. My, my belief is always keep it simple. Um, also for this mum, you know, she, she is has always had weight issues and that's been the the cornerstone of her mind all of her internal dialogue is about weight 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 
um, and what we got to understand now is why that is. She's filled with prolactin, which is the nurturing hormone. So yes, she's breastfeeding, so it's going to be increased. And two, having that hormone actually means that you are naturally bigger you're the biggest of the population because you actually, your body holds on to the fat stores because you need to nurture other people. And what do you need to nurture others? You need energy. So your body is an absolute whiz at holding on to the fat stores and the energy stores. So, and there's so much more to it. But so now we've got a mum that has started to accept her body and herself for who she is and not have so much self-hatred. You know, she's 45 and she's she's had 45 years of hating her body, right? And many people can relate to that. Um, and now we've got a little boy that is starting to have more fun in the home and is, you know, feeling like he's getting those connection needs met. So you can imagine as a parent, it's just seeing your child a lot happier and a lot calmer in school. I mean, what else, what else do you want? You want them to be smiling and to be feeling like they're doing well. So, you know, that's just after a few weeks. Wow. Wow. I think that becomes uh, what I call it uh, a quick success. In terms of, uh, you also feel that uh, you are making some change or make, making some difference in people's life. And that gives you a full, that gives you a satisfaction that how people are becoming uh, happy and uh, looking at, uh, never thought of that could be the possibilities and connecting those dots, which never been told. Because when we go to general practitioners, we have always been looked at that how they can put another bandit on your wound. They yeah. never give you, they never reach to the root causes or even though they reach to the root causes, they will put a label on it. Correct? Yeah. They put a label on it. Or medicate. Or medicate. Yeah, that's the same thing. If they put a label on it, they will say you got ADHD, they will give you this medicine, that medicine. It's a trial and error, correct? What you're doing actually, you're sedating, you you are sedated, uh, you sedate people in understanding that they are suffering with this. Same with depression, same with mm -hmm. any other things happening in our body. I think yeah. this area of epigenetics needs to be explored further. Is there? Do you please give us a little bit of uh, where this all started and who started it and how this has been? uh relate to the relate to the society right now mm, yeah so i would say this field of research um you know it's interesting the old the old philosophies and the old um you know wisdom of this world they've known this stuff right you can go visit a shaman in indonesia in south america you know a 90 year old shaman and he can look at your body which i've done right? I visited a shaman and he can look at your body and he can know exactly what's lacking in it from looking at you and exactly how your mind operates and what you need, right? This wisdom, it, this wisdom is known, right? From the old cultures that just took time and presence to focus in on what people truly need based on their bodies. Okay. This is how we, this is how I know what epigenetic blueprint people have is based on their body structure. The hormone dictates our skeletal system so this however you know in the western world we need the research and we need the science so um it's it's been researched i would say it's probably been between 10 to 12 years that the research has been happening so the company that I, that conducts the research is called ph360 
Um, and the, the main man heading this is Dr. Garoli and he's an Italian researcher. So he's from Italy. Um, and he's of course, you know, researcher, scientist, you know, all of the, all of the medical doctorates that you can imagine. So he heads the team, um, and it's in probably about 43 countries now, um, you know, this, this field of work and people being trained in this approach to work with their clients. So it's, you know, I would say it's newish, you know, to the human world, um, but you know, it's it's evolving, but we know we know enough, right? And you've got Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's a man that has headwayed, you know, epigenetics for probably about the same amount of time, the last 15, 15 to 20 of his years, right? He was a psych psychiatrist and he just, you know, it's very common. Um, I've been listening to a few psychiatrists who just can't do that work anymore because the results don't outweigh um, what another natural approach can do, right? So we've got, there's loads of people and those two in particular, they're big names and they understand this body of research. So we've got a lot to go off of. Um, and when you combine that then with neuroscience and neurology and how that works in, we've got a fabulous approach that will, that is natural and that is based on getting our nervous systems back into balance. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm lucky to be working with it. Wow, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. In terms of uh, these all uh, things are happening right now, I think, uh, uh, as as I mentioned earlier, that education, educating a lot of people needs to be opened up and given that to a lot of people to understand this is the, another avenue available. And because we are bound to a lot of things, which is so much so that we are being conditioned Parents have been conditioned as well. So we don't look outside the box. We always look inside. And we see that the doctors are our main point of contact with anything. We just see them as the window to see something else. Because our parents have been conditioned. We have been conditioned. We only look at that way. Uh, if, if, if for me, the journey has looking at from outside. What is outside? Okay. I remember uh, used to have like it becoming a norm because my father used to take mad pills like uh, uh, M&Ms. Yeah. Mm. Even though he did not have any uh, issue in his body, he used to put two, two, uh, two paracetamol in his mouth all the time. Okay. So I have picked up those things. So the, and I remember um, time when I used to pop uh, two 500 gram paracetamol every six hours, just for a fun, just for mm -hmm. a fun. Because mm -hmm. that was being conditioned. That's what I was picking up from other people that, oh yeah, if my father is doing it, there must be something about it, correct? Yeah. So we follow the suit, what the other people are doing, and then we just follow into it. And then in, in the time going forward in my, my life, I started to seeing this, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I started to learn about my body, started to mm -hmm. love myself, started to mm -hmm. explore myself. Mm. started to think about it this is I have to sort out my my mental capacity to overcome other things what's going mm. on yeah we all go through with a depression we all go through with uncertainty in our journey because loss of job uh, loss of some loved ones uh, relationship breaks down um, mm. no relationship with your children uh, you are having problem at your workplace 
So there are a lot of things is happening. Our our complete hormones are shifting. Yeah. Mm. And I talk about emotional intelligence more because mm. emotions contains receptors on them mm. which receive things and they have a chemical dance on it. So mm. if you in the morning you receive a news where it says, oh, you have $100,000 and you are happy. Yeah, I got $100,000. Later on, you found out that your beloved somebody passed away. Your happiness level goes down to completely different. Mm. And these are the chemical imbalancing happening. And you talk about seeing those imbalance to create a balance between those those two things, you know, people so just need a hug, just need a conversation, no judgment in there. And a lot of relationship can be rescued with those sort of things. Uh, the typical example I, I give uh, is about that men are built as fixers. We fix things. We have been told from the childhood that do not show your emotions because emotions mm -hmm. being showed by women because they cry they create tantrums, but not men. Men has been sorted as, as a very strong person who is going to support them. And this has been conditioned by the society. This is conditioned. Mm. And that's how we have been built. And, and these two things, which is called emotional intelligence, means you started to self-aware yourself to understand who exactly who you are. And there is no such thing when people talk about, you know, I can control my emotions and say, really? You can control your emotions? Bravo. Uh, Nobody can control the emotion, only manage no. emotions. We manage that's our right. emotions. And that's, again, education, educating a lot of people about saying that you can manage your emotions, you can't control them. And learning about those things, if people are ready to learn about that, and people mm -hmm. so talk about, you know, men always have this anger issue, anger issue. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. You know why? Because people do not understand that we suppress our emotion down. Because mm -hmm. if I'm going to the society standing as a leader and I show my emotion, my vulnerability, people look at me and says, if this, my leader is very weak, he's not going to support us. He's not going to share uh, our, our thought process. He's a weak man. So mm -hmm. the person has to show that, no, no, he's not weak. He put a lot of mask on his face saying that he's very strong and he showed a lot of other bad things so people will have this feeling of a fear that that person somebody was doing this research on those people who are in jail who have been been sitting there in jail for 24 years or 20 or lifetime and he mm -hmm. was doing a conversation and they, they, they are they become what they have been told to become because they have been conditioned to show that the the fiasco they created, the the fear they have created. And yeah. now he's speaking from those people and he says, we never intend to have that. We are we are we are human too. But we've been conditioned to those sort of things. And how many people are going to believe that? Because we are being conditioned to so many ways. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that with me. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and I love that you bring up, you know, the the whole controlling emotions thing. We think we can trick our body. We think we can. Well, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot. Your body, your body is far more intelligent than you give it credit for. I still probably don't give my body enough credit 
um, in terms of being the wisdom machine that I'm attached to, right? So, yeah, we we must learn to tap into what our body tells us and its wisdom, for sure. Yeah, I think it's it's quite a, a interesting topic to talk about and trying to gather more more uh, understanding that uh, we are built with a a supercomputer within mm. us mm. we are still not learning the skills to operate it we are only operating the basics basics of it because we are looking at the quick fix yeah so absolutely and what i fear uh, is happening at the moment and has been happening for a long time is in the hope uh, and the the want to have our partners, our children, anybody to be somebody different, we're further perpetuating the cycle of disconnecting from our bodies and disconnecting from ourselves. You know, only only when we truly know ourselves and we accept ourselves will will the mental health, you know, issues decrease and will we start to see a lot more joy and peace in this world and a lot more love. But we are perpetuating the cycle that we must be this normal human being um, that fits into the box. And so, you know, when I would work with children to reconnect with their bodies, um, it was a very foreign experience for them, very foreign. So it's foreign for a lot of adults. I still need to practice all of the time. And do I do it well all the time? Probably not. Definitely not, actually. You know, we're, we're always evolving creatures. If we're not learning, we're dying. That's the saying that I do love, and I picked that up from somewhere. But, um, yeah, we, we must get back to just accepting diversity of all kinds you know, the judgments we place on people are just toxic. Um, and I see it time and time again with parent-child relationships. And if you don't understand it with your child, maybe look back on your own childhood and just see what your relationship was like with your parents. Go backwards. Um, check in on what your parents accepted from you, about you, and what they didn't, what they wanted you to be. What were your resistant points? Where did you feel accepted? Who did you feel you needed to be to be praised and loved and seen, right? Because this usually shows up now. Um, so it's just a good reflection point, I believe, for everybody. I think, yeah, that's absolutely spot on because I think uh, uh, what we call it, uh, um, we are just living in the same cycle. We do not want to change it. And there is a lot of lack of communication as well because we are looking at our cycle. And sometimes what happens is the parents who has gone through with uncertainty in his or her life, they were determined that they want to give a better life to their children, but they spoon feed their child instead of giving that strength. They are doing everything for the child, not realizing that you are actually cutting their hands and legs to be stronger in their own journey because they rely on their parents and the parents that do not do those things, children behavior changes because children think, well, you've been feeding me for last 15 years and now you're asking me to do myself. How that happens? It doesn't work like that because they have already molded in their mindset. They have been molded with that sort of 
cycle and they've been bold with that sort of okay my mom and my dad has always been present and suddenly something happens to a parent it automatically shifted everything mm. i just wanted to share a story of this uh, 7 year old boy <clears throat> he went to the school he was regular in the school but he was coming up with a couple of issues within the school because he was being labeled as dyslexic very high spectrum of dyslexia and parent were been told that um, um sorry we can't help that child because he's got he will not be able to sit in a, a exam which is a sets which he wants to sit in the exam and he was been told we can't actually prepare for him because he's not focused concentrating and everything like that so the mother was while sitting in that uh, chair with this boy in the classroom and the teacher was giving her statement she was telling him that you can do everything you can do everything whatever you want you will be able to do everything and you must have heard about uh, addison uh that mother was been told the same thing but mother said to the boy that no 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 you are genius you can do anything and he became a scientist so that's this is a true story yeah 7 year old i believe old. it he I believe it the dog the mother took him and started doing homeschooling and this boy had this uh, connection for with food and he picked up those things he started helping his mother in the kitchen he got a brother who is 5 uh, years older than him and then he got sisters and younger sisters and suddenly what happened is uh, father was go- used to go to work and he used to work uh, while he used to study at home and mother used to teach him and the mother went into a hospital because she got a paralysis attack very young woman and she got a paralysis attack and she mm-hmm. got bad bound and they said who is going to cook in the house father go to work older siblings he just say i'm going to cook from 7 years old till 11 he made food in the house he's still doing it and he a 9 year old he sent a message to a entrepreneur in london saying that i want to start my uh, restaurant when i'm going to be 19 or 20 the restaurant owner sent a message to him why don't you wait for that year why don't you start now and say i'll give you the restaurant i will give you the premises you bring people and you cook 9 year old start cooking wow and he is the youngest chef in the world mm. he wrote books he started writing books he started actually he's now presenting on bbc he's a presenter wow and i'm telling you things goes on this goes on yeah. he's becoming oh there's many yeah there are many many messages many many stories and i'm now connected with him on linkedin because i read his story and connected and said you know what i would like to bring you on my podcast and he says sam i would love to come on your podcast i'm doing filming at the moment but i will come i said perfect amazing so you know you said a lot of things can be changed the way we see the lens we put on because we have been conditioned to put that lens we have been conditioned to a lot of things which mm-hmm. we do not realize it ourselves and that's the message what i heard from you 
this is what the message should be conveyed to a lot of people. And they will, they will overcome those uncertainty, anxiety, and those things. Now, people are ending this pandemic over here and coming out from their shell, going out. Still, people are not ready. People are not mm -hmm. ready. What's going to happen? Am I going to mm -hmm. attract something? Am I going to feel sick about something? Because we have been sitting in the house, been conditioned to a lot of things. And we have been given so many conspiracy theories, people becoming so oblivious. And they become so naive and they're fearful. So tell us your how people can connect with you. And also a message would you like to convey to the audience who will be listening to this podcast? Yeah, I would love to. So um, if you'd like to see what I'm up to or um, or hear about the, the work that I do, and I do share a lot of, you know, value tools, tips, information as well along the way. So you can follow me on Instagram, jessica.mcelveen. Same on Facebook. Come on over, join me. Um, jessicamcelveen.com is my website. So you can go on there and have a look at what I'm offering. Um, just some information. You can read up about whatever you need. Um, I often have different things coming up, online events and workshops and masterclasses, so you can find them out all on there. Um, and I guess if I was to leave anything um, with the audience is I think the more and more I spend time with humans, the more and more I realise our attachments to the details that in the long term mean absolutely nothing for our children and for us. So when you're in states of overwhelm, just consider that there's a lot of minute details right now taking up your emotional energy. Where is the bigger picture? What is the bigger picture? Let's look at 20 years down the track, 30 years down the track, 40 years down the track. Let's get out of our survival mode in this particular moment of time, okay? We're on a continuum of time and right now in this present moment, if it's not wonderful, it will pass. So let's get out of ourselves. Let's get out of our own way. So let's look ahead 40 years. Is what's going on right now really going to be a big deal then? And you know what? 99% of the time, the answer will be, and it should be no. If it's not no, then what are you still holding on to? What are you? What fear are you not willing to let go of? Because that's what it comes back to every time. Usually a fear, and which leads to controlling behaviours, um, and therefore leads to overwhelm. So, what what is the bigger picture of everything? Your child's behaviours, their relationship, with their siblings right now. Um, you know what they do and don't like. All of the little things that bring you frustration, what's the bigger picture? What is the bigger picture? Um, that generally helps to get out of those overwhelmed states in those moments. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, looking at the bigger picture, which is very important. And uh, and thank you very much once again, Jessica, for being here with me at Chai with Sam Dosa. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, your energy, your insight uh, that's amazingly great received and i wish and uh, wish you for all the success onwards and upwards in your journey thank you very much thanks
Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for that. And thank you to those of you listening. It's nice to, nice to chat with you all today. Thank you. This is Sam Dosa signing off of Chai with Sam Dosa. Check it out, uh, available on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you and bye for now.